This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN. Larry, how are we feeling tonight? Oh, I was excited after that one nothing Ranger win. It was an I exciting, enjoyed that. It was one that you felt like, you know, we gotta, you got to get one here. Come on. I mean, they were completely outplaying them. Exactly. And, uh, they finally got one through, so there you go. Another Ranger win. Not, not, uh, not as much offense as usual, but still, no. you'll take it. You'll take the win, three in a row for them. And for me, Gordon, I'm glad they did it in overtime. Otherwise, it might have been one of them long shootouts. <laughs> it could have been. Might have been. Might have been waiting a while. Absolutely. Might have been. Meanwhile, over in Brooklyn. <laughs> did anything happen there today? Uh, nothing unusual. No. no. Nothing surprising, that's for sure. Nothing surprising at all. They said bye-bye to Steve Nash. I, I, love, I love the wording. They decided mutually to part ways. Yeah, okay. <laughs> well, according to the reports, Nash went to, I guess, uh, management. Sean Marks? Yeah, Sean Marks and said they're not responding to me after the win against the Pacers. And uh, I- I'm sure – you ever have something where somebody offers you something and even before they're done offering it, you jump at the chance to take it? Yes. I'm sure that whenever Sean Marks said – you know, maybe we should go our separate ways. Na- done, done, done deal. Like he was hitting the buzzer even before the whole question was read on Jeopardy. Because for Steve Nash, a guy who's accomplished a lot, has, you know, plenty of money, does not need the job, does not need the hassles that that job brings with him. Maybe he was disappointed for a little while. It didn't go better. But I'm sure that's going to wear off in a day or two. <laughs> I'm sure. He in a probably, short period of time. He probably, Gordon, to be honest, after this summer, was just ready to see it, was just ready to give it up. I mean, this is the last year of the contract anyway. All right. So, you know, I just think after all the stuff this summer, I'm not from, from your number one guy who says, you know, if I'm not coming back unless this one's fired and that one's fired and, and you're either this one or that one. Uh, you had to have that feeling like, okay, you know what? This is going to be a bumpy ride. I'm not finishing this out. And for him, you know what they say, Gordon, there's no price for peace of mind. And boy, does he have peace of mind right now. Yeah, and to be fair and to be clear, not to be revisionist on this, Steve Nash was not a good head coach. Mm -mm. He was not a good head coach. He was not the right man for the job. But the problem is the only reason he was the head coach was because he was basically handpicked by the two guys running the organization. I don't mean the owner and the GM. I mean Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. That's why he got the job. That's why Kenny Atkinson wasn't back. That's why Nash is out now. Everything runs through those two guys. So I'm sure at some point, you know, they'll bring in Amy Adoka and, and, you know, all oh, this guy's going to. As long as those two guys are beyond approach, nothing ever is their fault. I don't really see much changing. I don't either. And it's sad because those are two really talented guys. And you look at what happened with them tonight, right, Gordon? And you look at how they were just rolling. I mean, Kevin Durant, once again, Gordon, and we say this all the time. It's like a disclaimer. What a phenomenal offensive talent. What, what a great basketball player. But you know what this team has become? It's become, let's watch what KD does. Let's watch what Kyrie does. And Kyrie didn't do much tonight, scoreless first half. And then we'll figure out, we'll go and do whatever we, else we have to do. So people have become spectators of the KD and Kyrie show. 
And Gordon, that's not going to get it done in the East. That's that's not how you win games. You no. win games by moving the basketball. You win games by getting everybody involved. You win games by playing some defense. And listen, defensively, they were better than they've been. But they still. But in key moments in the fourth quarter, they let Chicago almost run them out of the gym. Yeah, they scored 19 points in the fourth quarter. They only scored uh, 22 in uh, the third quarter. So it wasn't like that they were – I mean, you know, you score 41 points in the second half. And Kyrie Irving finished with four points on two of 12 shooting. Is this going to be Steve Nash's fault too? Are we going to put this one on Steve Nash's fault, a list of faults? Or, or will Kyrie Irving say, you know what, I actually am the reason why we lost this game, or at least one of the reasons why we lost this game tonight. It's never his fault. It's never anybody's fault actually on the team. It's there. They are great at pointing fingers at everybody else. And, um, yeah, we'll see if, uh, you know, the new coach is going to be any different than the old coach. All right, well, let's hear from yeah, I, I actually have a great stat for you. Let's hear go. from who we're going to hear from. But I have a, a, a stat, Larry, that will make you laugh out loud. It's so sensational when it comes to the Brooklyn Nets. I don't want to wait. Go ahead. Give it to me. This is from Bobby Marks. In oh, the 161 great. games that Steve Nash coached, he had 83 different starting lineups. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> Aaron Boone is like, wait a second. I got to catch up to that. 83 and 161, I think I can break it. <laughs> That's analytics meeting the NBA, Gordon? Is that oh what it is? God. I mean, well, I think it comes to with the, the unreliability of some of their players. You know, obviously, last year with Kyrie in and out and everywhere about, I mean, um, I think that was part of it. I think, obviously, everything else with, uh, you know, Durant has not exactly been an Iron Man in the lineup. Uh, and Ben Simmons is not exactly going to make anybody forget about any of you know <laughs> the Iron Horse either. So, no. uh, yeah, it's just I think I think the situation is just a mess. And it is. unfortunately, the organization there has turned everything over to those guys. And I think that until something changes in that regard, I think it's just going to be more of the same. And here's what's really crazy. We'll hear from Sean Marks in a minute. Here's what's really crazy, Gordon. One of their options, they really don't have any draft choices. They used all their again. Oh, no, no they done. used all their draft choices. Yeah. So they have to now either sell for pennies on the dollar to try to get draft choices and start all over again. Uh, but, I mean, if you're Joe Shy and Sean Marks, I mean, you don't want to start all over again. Gordon, you kind of want to ride this out. Uh, you know, you got Kyrie. This year he's done. After You signed him one year. After this year, no matter what happens, he's done. Kevin Durant's got a couple more years, but, you know, I think he'd be amenable to leaving. So you might end up having a chance to, to, to do that anyway. It's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting to see what they decide to do at the trade deadline, uh, whether they decide to, based on where they are, is to go for it and let's see what we can add and what we can bring. If we can bring another body in here to try to help us with some physicality on the front line, or do they decide to say, you know what, listen, this, it's not going to work. Let's just cut bait and try to start over again it, it is i mean it's going to be years before they can start over again though i mean they've they've i mean they have they have taken everything off the walls off the floor off the roof they have gutted the entire house in terms of anything down the road so they're this is who they're riding with and uh right now the people that they're riding with is crashing into the side of the mountain it's crazy because you can't blame them it, on paper, this was the right move. Absolutely, right? A lot of organizations would have <laughs> sold their soul to get those two guys, but it just shows you that in sports it's never that easy, right? It's never it's never so simple. Oh, we just got to get this guy and that guy, and we'll put them out there, and, and it will take care of itself completely. You really do need to have an entire organization all kind of pulling in the same direction, and I don't know if you can have everyone in the organization pulling in the same direction when that organization includes Kyrie Irving. 
or you have to be in the situation the way Golden State was when they brought Kevin Durant in. Where yeah, okay, Kevin Durant, fine. Yeah. Yes. The other guy, not so much. <laughs> yeah, but but he would have had to acquiesce. See, here he doesn't have to acquiesce because Durant's going to let him be who he is. If you go to a place like Golden State or where there, there's a specific culture and winning mm-hmm. and veterans run things in place, he's not going to act like that, Gordon. He's just not. He's going to come along and perform. That's why – is LeBron really sure he wants him in L.A.? <laughs> well, look, if there's anybody that can keep him in check, maybe that's the guy. But what are you getting back if you're Brooklyn for him? Yeah. I mean, it's not Russell like, Westbrook. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not exactly like uh, the Lakers are off to some red hot start and a deep roster that's loaded and is going for the playoffs. I mean, they're they're kind of their own disaster out west. They should have brought Carmelo back. I mean, the way they, the way that he played well for them last year. Yeah, they have nothing. They, they look awful, Gord. They look awful. I mean, Russell Westbrook coming off the bench played well, then got hurt. You know, the dangerous thing is for them, it's it's. LeBron is still good. Anthony Davis has just not been the player they thought he was. No, he, really he has, has not. not. And remember, I mean, when he was free, you know, when he was coming out from Kentucky, it was like, man, this this is the guy. This is the year you want to have the number one pick. This is the guy you want to get. And then when he got to the Lakers, you thought, oh well, now the Lakers are just gonna they're gonna roll now. They got Anthony Davis. They got him for a song. They got him for you know a steal. But it has not worked out that way outside of the one title in the bubble. I mean, Laker fans were like, oh, we got. It's like. Better than Paul Gasol with Kobe, we've got we've got Anthony Davis with 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 LeBron. Oh, we've got multiple championships, and he can't stay healthy. He just can't. You're listening to the best of ESPN New York tonight. One last thing before we go to the phones. Here, Sean Marks says, "You know what? Uh, Steve Ness didn't really sign up for this situation." Nash so desperately wanted to just coach basketball. He wanted to be the guy who set the tone for star players like Durant and Kyrie. But it was it was never about basketball with the Nets. Basketball has become so secondary in the conversation so many different times. And over time, you could just see it on his face. You could feel it in his demeanor. He was just disgusted by all the things that he was left to answer for day after day. All right, so that's the situation there, Gordon. And well, look, if he thought that he was just going to come in and coach the basketball team, and ex, you know, like he he didn't he didn't understand the situation, and maybe it's because he had never been a coach before. Mm-hmm. But you had to know coming into the walking in the door some level of the dysfunction that you were walking into when it comes to I mean Kyrie Irving's this is not like a new thing when his reputation is involved yeah it's unfortunate and I'm it's sure Steve Steve Nash thought you know what I'm gonna get on on board with these two guys and we're gonna win championship after yeah. championship they just need a little guidance yeah that's all they need they're players they're, they're, they're mm. phenomenal players they know the game they're smart they're talented all they need is a little guidance all they need and then we have James Harden oh it gets so good oh yeah, he should have known the minute that Kyrie Irving said, you know, we don't even need a coach. You know, I could be the coach one day. Kevin could be the coach. Jacques Vaughn, he could be the coach one day. As soon as they said that, you should have. it should have been crystal clear the situation you were walking into. Honey, start packing the boxes. 
Yep. <laughs> How long is this contract for? All right. All right. Well, Hopefully we'll ride we'll it out it for out. another day. Absolutely. Bunch of you want to talk about it? Let's get to you on the phones. 1-800-919-3776. John Lindbrook, start us off on ESPN New York tonight. Hey, guys. How's it going? Uh, thanks for taking the call. Uh, I, I'm so befuddled by this team. I mean, in 2016, when uh, Marks and Atkinson got underway, they, they built – I know the whole point was to lure AD, but they, they built a, a strong foundation. They had guys that were gritty, that worked hard, that won. And, I mean, so there's just – that it's been thrown away in such spectacular fashion uh, astounds me. Like, Sean Marks, I, I mean, as, as, did Joe Side tell him, like, you got to let these guys run it or you'll be gone? I, I just don't understand why he was willing to let these guys run this organization into the ground when – you put in so much equity to build it up to get them to come. It, it's astounding how quickly and utterly they've destroyed what, what he and managed to build before they came to get them there. I mean, it's unbelievable. I, I, I really thought they had something special that it looked like they were supposed to have this great run. And I don't know, Kyrie Irving just continues to prove that anywhere he goes, that he's going to leave everything in ashes. And I don't know. I know they have to, to get KD to come, but uh, it's really a shame what happened to this organization when it looked so promising, the work they put in to get these guys to come and, and how good that team and how gritty that team was and how overachieving that team was to see what it's become is uh, really something else. I mean, good on Steve Nash. I'm glad he got out of there. And I, I honestly don't know what's keeping Marks there because uh, I thought, you know, he was doing a great job as a GM. Like I said, building what they had to, to get these guys. But ever since, it's been – just really something to watch. I mean, it's well, almost like a train wreck. You can't look away. Yeah, I hear what you're saying, Joe. Thanks for the phone call. And, Gordon, what's happened is a couple of things, right? The the movement, because of Kyrie's injury in the first year that, that Durant was able to go, they needed to have backup. And so, really, I think that kind of was the turning point because they, they got rid of a lot of the young players they had that was that nucleus that lured – Kyrie and Lord KD here and they ended up trading them to get you know the beard James Harden because they needed a backup superstar because Kyrie didn't come back from that injury with that ankle injury never returned and that I think was really the start of everything going sideways and then of course James Harden didn't want to be the guy who had to carry the entire load and that was necessary because of Kyrie's decisions so, uh, yeah, it's been it's been a mess. And, and I'm not trying to tell you, I don't think any of us could have looked back and said that this would have failed so spectacularly. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. I mean, when you talk about what the Nets, they had built up a nice little crew there and they were adding two of the top, you know, in terms of talent, 15 players in the NBA. But even at that point, the Kyrie Irving part of it always kind of made you feel a little uneasy because everywhere this guy goes, he leaves it on bad terms. It's just the way it's been his entire career. So um, that has been the case with Brooklyn. And unfortunately now they're sunk. I mean, they, they have yeah. to, they're, they're forced to just bend to the will of these two guys because if, if they're ever able to move these off these two guys, they're going to be rebuilding for another five years. It's, it's almost going to be like Billy King when Billy King left. They're going to mm-hmm. have to rebuild with no picks and no assets and nothing. And it's a position they put themselves in and it's, incredible they'll be telling stories about this forever larry mm. about how spectacularly the brooklyn nets failed it is it, it is incredible and unfortunately 
And I don't know what he did or what he did not do, so I'm just going to make that clear. But it just seemed like you would have thought that KD would have had more of a positive influence on Kyrie to say, hey, listen, okay, I know whatever you whatever happened where you were before, let's roll together with this. And I don't know. Maybe he said it. I, I don't know. But it just seems like it, it was like nothing else happened. It, it was like it's the same situation, whether it was availability, whether it was injury, whether it was, you know, the whole vaccination thing last year, you know, the controversy this year. Uh, it just seemed that there's always there's always something surrounding him that takes away from what he does on the court. It just is. It, it's 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 frustrating if you're a Nets fan. It's frustrating if you're a basketball fan, Gordon, because Kyrie is so talented. It's frustrating. He is talented, but he it's is frustrating, a and he's embarrassing. I mean, he really. I, I don't. I wish I had a friend in life like Kevin Durant. I mean, what a good friend to constantly <laughs> back up this guy who lets you down every step of the way, repeatedly in embarrassing fashion. And I have to answer for my friendship with this guy. Yeah. I would, I mean, I'll be honest with you. Kevin Durant is a better friend than I would ever be. And I'll tell you right now, he's a better friend than I got in this world. Because there's nobody anywhere that would back me up to this level after this many incidents. And you know what? You wouldn't want him to. No, of course not. I tell you, you absolutely. I wouldn't you'd want, want him, him to. to say something to you. Of course. You'd want him to say something to you. Stop Absolutely. Yourself. That's what you'd want. Oh. And maybe he has. And maybe it's just <laughs> it not worked. It hasn't yeah. worked. It just no. hasn't worked. Dan's in Brooklyn. What's up, Dan? Hey, guys. Thanks for taking my call. Um, you know, I just wanted to say I, I really liked Kenny Atkinson. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, he made a uh, – you know, something out of not too much, you know, and I kind of think he got sort of the short end of the stick on that deal, you know, uh, given letting uh, KD and Kyrie, you know, have whatever they want. You know, he, KD wa- wants to be traded. He wants to stay. You know, I, I, I say, you know, maybe this isn't the answer, but I think they should go back to Kenny Atkinson and ask him to be the coach again and say, you, you want to stay? This is what you get. Dan, I'm going to tell you something. Thanks for the phone call. If I'm Kenny Atkinson, I'm not even answering the phone. <laughs> if I see that, I'm not answering the phone. I'll stay where I am. There'll be other opportunities in the in, in, for coaching jobs in the NBA. Gordon, I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't do it because. And and what's so ironic about this, right? Is he was the guy who set the culture that KD and Kyrie said they wanted to come oh, here because they loved it. Was it was all about that Brooklyn culture. That's why they came here. Mm-hmm. They came here because of the Brooklyn culture and what they did from that point on. At that point on was they dismantled it brick by brick every they were like Andy Dufresne knocking down his rock wall in the prison <laughs> I mean they have they have dismantled that Nets culture every piece of it oh my gosh what a disaster it's crazy you're listening to the best of ESPN New York tonight If you wondered about how the Nets feel about repairing the culture, <laughs> that kind of lets you know how important the culture is. When the, it, the, head, yeah. the new head coach shows up and he's going to be answering more questions about how he left his old job than before yeah. he even gets to his new job. Yeah. That's going to be fun. How's this for a stat, Larry? Mm-hmm. This is Kyrie Irving's 12th NBA season. Mm-hmm. He will now be on his ninth different head coach. That's crazy. That's crazy. You know, and you'd think like a coach – 
would love to, you know, the first pick in the draft, guard, super talented, supremely talented. You want to hitch your wagon to that guy, right? Yeah, absolutely. You, you get a guy like that, you're going to, you're going to, that's your whole coaching career is going to be based on coaching that guy. Not so much. Not so much. Back to the phones we go. Ron's in Bogota. Ron, you're next on 98.7. Hi, guys. Thanks for taking my call. How are you? Hey, Ron. What's going on, man? So, my question is, why has anybody talked about Mark Jackson getting another head coaching job? Why can't he sniff a head coaching job? I don't understand. What, what, who did he wrong? Well, you know, Ron, that's an interesting question. Thanks for the phone call. I'm hearing, though, that previously he has been getting more interviews, which is a positive thing because he wasn't even getting interviews. Uh, so I think he's he's in the mix, possibly. I, I'm sure that they will speak with him as well. It's just that Udoka is the hot commodity now. He was on the net staff. He was a finalist in the coaching search that that once they decided Steve Nash. And, of course, his success last year in taking over the Celtics and getting them to the NBA Finals makes him one of the hottest coaches. But as Gordon mentioned, he's had some issues since then. So uh, I think, so, in a sense, familiarity might give him the edge. Uh, I, but I, I do think that, you know, Mark Jackson, there was this this time period where because of what happened in Golden State and rumors about how he disrespected some folks and management and some people in the front office and, you know, separate, you know, other staff members. There's just a lot of stuff that I haven't been able to, you know, substantiate Gordon. But the one thing's for sure, people, whatever other people have been able to substantiate something because he is not, he's been persona non grata for a while, but of late he's been getting some interviews. Yeah. Uh, I mean, for Mark Jackson's sake, I'm glad he was, his name didn't come up here. Uh, you know, because if he gets another chance at some point, you know, that you get two chances, that's a lot of chances. That's a hard, yeah. you know, NBA head coaching jobs are tough jobs to get. So uh, I would like to think that he will eventually get a second chance. Uh, I think that his style of coaching as mm -hmm. well, I don't know that that necessarily meshes with a lot of the younger players. I think that might be holding him back. I think it is mm -hmm. mostly that other stuff that you mentioned. Yeah. Um, but uh, for, for Mark Jackson's sake, <laughs> he should be kind of don't thankful. Don't pick up the phone. <laughs> yeah. Like, this is not the one you want your name to come up in. Because you, you have to take it, right? Sure, you have to. You Especially have to him. Yeah. <laughs> if, if you're interviewed and, you, and they offer you the job, Gord, mm. you're not in the position to turn it down. No. Because you want to get back into that rotation. Frank's in Belmore. Hey, Frank, you're next on 98.7. Hey, guys. How you doing? Um, there's two points. The second one is much more important, I think, than the first. Um, and I do hate beginning a conversation like this, but I'm an old-school, six-year-old white man. And let's just say the Nets today, I'm a New York fan. I root for all the teams that are my favorites. But I just don't like the way the selfishness of athletes are today. So that turns me off a little bit about certain athletes. However... The Nets right now are a laughing stock, like the Giants were when we burned season tickets in the late 70s. Just, just a complete laughing stock. Um, and I just think that Kyrie Irving's head is not 100% into basketball. I mean, he's actually said this. Um, I think he's a very deep thinker, and I appreciate where he goes to with some of his thoughts. But like this most recent uh, post or whatever he put up about the Holocaust, not saying right or wrong, but this is still America. That being said, we have an NBA who wants to judge this young man, get rid of coaches who say the wrong thing, 
a, a certain group of uh, ethnic people, yet they're doing business with China who are enslaving a million Uyghurs in re-education camps. It's just, to me, it's a severe double standard. And I'll, and I'll end with this. The reason why I still support Kyrie Irving and what he wants to say and do is because my younger brother gave his life fighting for freedom at 25 years old. So sometimes I have to stretch a little and I have to bite my tongue. But this still is America, and I support Kyrie Irving, although I'm not a fan of a lot of things he's done with the team and his actions and selfishness. Thanks, guys. All right, Frank. Thanks for the phone call. Um, Listen, it is America. Everybody has every right to say what they want to say. And it's just that I'll, I'll just say this, Gordon. When you are a professional athlete, you have to be very careful what you attach your name to. And because when people see something that you like or endorse or put on what on social media under your name, it's assumed that you agree with it. And so, uh, for, especially for a person that's had other controversial views on other things, you just have to be very, very careful. And he hasn't been. You know, the problem is I don't even think Kyrie believes half the stuff that he puts out there. But he is such a troll for attention. He's such a troll to make people – I think he wants people to think that he is this deep thinker, which I don't think he really is. Uh, he just does things to get reactions from people, being, uh, you know, the earth is flat and all this other stupid stuff, the stuff he put out with Alex Jones. And, and not to go down that road, but I think that he is just a troll for attention. And I don't even think that he actually believes most of this stuff. Maybe he does. Maybe he does. I don't know. But there's no question the Brooklyn Nets are probably the most unlikable team in all of sports right now, given yeah. how they've run things since Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving have gotten there. I mean, the, yeah. only, the only organization I think that might be close is the Cleveland Browns with Deshaun Watson. That's about it. Yeah, you're right. Robbie's in Boston. What's up, Robbie? Hey, guys. Well, you know I'm not riding Boston. Actually, the Berkshires. Nice to talk to you guys again. Listen, great Ranger win. Um, i got to go the opposite way here. Um, I just want to say, first of all, I do a show up here in New England on radio, and I was on this morning talking about Kyrie Irving and his comments. As a Jewish man from New York, there is no place at all for this kind of crap. I don't care what it is. I don't care if it's anti-Jewish, anti-black, whatever it is. Uh, Gordon and and Larry, there's no place. I cannot believe the owner of the Nets. There's no disciplinary action. David Silver, I know he, excuse me, Adam Silver, I know mentioned some comics, but to me, I mean, there's no place in this garbage. I don't support Gary Irving. Free speech? No, this is ridiculous. This is an anti-Semitic guy playing in the backcourt for for the Brooklyn Nets, who are an absolute laughingstock, and I agree with you 100%. So I just want to get that out of the way. This guy's no good for the game. Get him to the West Coast. You know what? I wish the world was flat so I could throw Kyrie Irving off of it. So to change the subject, i got to ask you guys, why didn't the Giants do anything today to make this team better? you got Daniel Jones in a situation where you don't know what's going to happen next year, whether the Giants are going to offer him a contract or not. Why couldn't we see maybe him stretch the field a little bit and add to the 6-2 and two team? I'll get your thoughts, guys, and thanks for letting me vent because your last caller, I mean, I'm sorry. I understand he wants to support Kyrie Irving. I do not support anything that Kyrie Irving even does. I think he's a clown. I think they should get him the hell out of Brooklyn, seriously. Anyway, thanks, guys. All right, Robbie, thanks for the phone call. Uh, Gordon, I was a little surprised that the Giants didn't do anything. Yeah, I mean, you would have liked to have been able to add something the only thing is we don't know what was truly available, what was not available. Um, you know, to give up a second-round pick for Chase Claypool, I don't think that that was a very good move for the Bears. Uh, TJ Hawkinson, I guess maybe that was one that maybe they could have looked at because it was swapping of picks. I think they still give up a second-round pick there as well. 
Yeah, look, you, I mean, the Giants were, were, were walking a little bit of a tightrope where you really don't want to mortgage any of the future because that's truly what's more important. But you would have liked to have been able to find some sort of pass catcher somewhere to, to add to this mix because playoff spots don't come around all that often. And, mm-hmm. and maybe the Giants are going to make it even without adding anything. But you would have liked to have given it a better shot by adding some, you know, to hear. It's almost like the Mets before the trade deadline, right? Yeah. You hear all these big names, and then the trade deadline comes and goes, and it's like, mm, yeah. You know, yeah, to hear Jerry Judy's name and then not end up with anybody, it's a little disappointing. Don't remind me, Gordon. <laughs> I mean, they could. I mean, they couldn't have worked out a deal for Brandon Cooks. I thought that that would have been, like, the perfect fit. A wide receiver. Uh, I guess he's probably making too much money this year. Maybe you know it, it, they they really were walking a bit of a tightrope where they they don't have a lot of money to spend. You don't want to mortgage the future, but you would have thought that they could have gotten somebody because it's not like the the bar is set all that high, right? No. I mean, it would have been pretty easy to add something to that offense that would have improved it. No question about it. I mean, couldn't they have talked to Carolina? Aren't they giving players away right now? Yeah, it's it's tough to uh, I guess it's tough to to find the the perfect storm of not making a lot of money on a rookie contract where you're not going to have to give up a whole lot in terms of draft capital. I just thought you know adding the third round pick, and for Tony maybe that would have made things a little bit easier to find something, but not to be, not to be. This is ESPN New York tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer. On 98.7 ESPN.